Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, physically distancing as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, uh, hello. I got a new setup here in my apartment. I got super zealous over the weekend and created an entire workspace just for you know work stuff. Sure. Uh, I, I had been going into the office a couple times a week, but the way things are going right now, uh, we've been advised not to and. I kind of agree uh, that it's not that great an idea. So uh, where I'm podcasting from is different than the normal place that I've been podcasting from these last six months. So if it sounds worse, people can let me know. But uh, when I do it this way, I've got a big view of the TV, which is usually important, except for today. Uh, not, it's not going so well on TV today, but it, uh, it is not. So uh, we are recording right. this as the Blue Jays play the Rays. So in real time, the uh, Blue Jays are not doing particularly well. We won't spoil it just in case anyone PVR'd it. Uh, but we are doing this in, in real time on Wednesday afternoon. As Scott alluded to, the case numbers in Ontario are going up. Uh, things are not looking particularly great for the greater Toronto area or here in Ottawa, where we are located. And we talked last week about curling at the recreational level. Leagues have started here. The Rideau Curling Club locally uh, has has started games. They're playing, I know, people who are playing tonight. So to this point, there are games going on at the rec level. So we'll see how that goes, certainly in these affected areas in Ontario. I know there are pockets where numbers are increasing elsewhere in the country. So we'll certainly monitor that as we continue to move forward here. But this week, we wanted to do a bit of a news update and talk about some of the things that are going on with the competitive teams, because we do have some folks who are back on the ice. We've had a couple of events. I would say, Scott, let's start with the Kitchener-Waterloo a Mixed Doubles event. It, uh, I believe it was sponsored by Cameron's. And this event had a couple notable teams. Uh, Lisa Weagle and John Epping were playing together in this event. But perhaps the biggest story is that Jennifer Jones and Brent Lang, not only were they there, but they come out on top. They get the win in the season opening mixed doubles event there in Kitchener-Waterloo. Yeah, I'm not such a big, you know, surprise that uh, Jones and Lang, you know, came away with the title here. I think some of the some of the more interesting stories are that uh, Lisa Wiggle and John Epping didn't make the final. Uh, so, so like that's pretty cool. Maddie Warner and Charlie Richard, pretty young team, uh, managed to make it to the final. I mean, lost uh, quite badly. Uh, I don't yeah, think we but... need to dissect the final. It was like no. eight nothing or something. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, like a great weekend for them. Good to see curling back out and in sort of the conversation again, at least in Canada. There was a, an event in Prague. I don't know if you got that on your list to talk about, but that was uh, over the weekend as well. Uh, so 
so like it, it's good to see curling back uh i got a chance to check out curling's or curling geeks uh, twitch stream where he commented on the final with devin haru uh pretty it was pretty fun you know i just felt good to have curling on my tv again yeah uh, other than that i i don't know if uh you know if anybody else any other stories were really there uh, for you? No, but, I think the story uh, is just that they did it and that they were able to do it. And to this point, there's been no reports of anything mm-hmm. going wrong, right? Nobody got sick from it. Like the, you know, the the whatever protocols were in place seemed to have worked. There were no fans in the club, and that's a club that hosts tour events early in the season every year. Normally, from all accounts, that club gets packed with mm-hmm. folks who are there to watch it. Nobody was there. We did see some of the players wearing masks on the ice, which we talked about last week at the rec level. So, you know, just a different environment for the event. They did let in, as you said, Devin Hero, uh, Curling Geek was there. He's a member of that club. That's where he plays. So he was able to get in uh, as well. So you, you just, for me at least, the big story is that they did it and that to this point, uh, it seems to have been successful. So... Hopefully that is a good sign for future events, but it is a mixed doubles event. It is easier to keep your distance, not only on the ice, but also in the lounge area, locker room area, because you have half as many people who are there. So we'll see what happens with the four people events as they start to, to come fast and furious at us. But as an initial test run seemed to go well, no one reported not having a good time or feeling restricted based on the protocols that were in place. So overall, I would say it's a, a good start to the season. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Uh, having only teams from Ontario there, you know, minimizing all the travel for everybody. Uh, like you say, no uh, cases reported coming out of it. There were a few people in the curling club that were spectating, but definitely not that many. Uh, I'm sure it was limited to... Uh, it might have just been ice staff for all I know, but there were a couple of people in the lounge there. So yeah, overall, like pretty fun. Uh, did I hear Sean that John Epping and Lisa Weagle were streaming their games? Yes. So John Epping decided to stream all the games from his phone. He did it through the team Epping Facebook account. So through Facebook live, what he would do was he turned it on, set the phone down on the end of the sheet. And so you could watch the end play out. And then he would grab his phone, have a little comment about what happened in the end and take the phone to the other end. So you had a good angle on both ends. And that's how he did it. And uh, the people who watched it seemed to be appreciative that it was there. I sort of looked at the angle and it didn't quite speak to me as being the most compelling thing in the world to watch. But Good on John Epping for doing it and providing some content for people who clearly want to see some in-game action. Yeah, I'm just sort of scrubbing through the video now. Uh, Yeah, it looks like a pretty good angle. You know, it's sort of, it's not right behind the sheet, but it's sort of to the side of the sheet. So you're looking at it from an angle behind. Yeah, well, you couldn't put it right behind because someone would inevitably get in the way. Yes, well, that's it. I mean, John Epping is no dummy. He's really thinking ahead. Yeah, he knows what's going on. Uh, yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, 
So, uh, so that was the, uh, the KW mixed doubles event. Uh, congratulations to Joan Jones and Lang on the victory there. That does set up Scott an event this weekend coming up. The Stu cells Oakville tankard is going to be played uh, two weeks in a row that will have Stu cells events. Uh, the first one going to be in Oakville. We have some, they're, they're going to play it in KW Sean. Oh, excuse me. Um, in KW, my apologies. Uh, yeah. So we do have some pretty good teams who are going to be there uh, on the women's side. Uh, the teams who you might be familiar with, Kathy Ald is there with her team. You also have Holly Duncan, and that's a new lineup uh, with Megan Balston at third there. Tess Bobby is the lead. So some names that we're familiar with, but the biggest name there on the women's side is undoubtedly Justin Murphy, who is there with her team with Carly Howard. Stephanie Matheson and Grace Hollyoke. Yeah, new team this year for uh, Justin Murphy. Uh, I believe her mother is still going to play with them as the fifth player or maybe the coach, but uh, she'll definitely be around the team. Uh, you know, adding uh, some young, good young players. Really yeah. excited to see uh, how this team's going to perform this yeah. year. Yeah, and of course I was being sarcastic. They're not the biggest name there. Uh, Jennifer Jones uh, and her team is going to play in this. Uh, this is the only out-of-province team, I believe, who is going to play in this, officially out-of-province. Of course, not all four <laughs> players live out-of-province. Uh, there was uh, Caitlin Laws tweeted today. She uh, was on a plane for the first time since March, she said, in the oh, tweet. Boy. So she's making uh, her way down to, I assume she's flying to Toronto for that from Winnipeg. And then we'll drive out to KW. So hopefully everyone can get there safely and that they can have a good event. Over on the men's side, in terms of teams who you will be familiar with, uh, Robert Desjardins is there uh, from Quebec. Uh, Jason Cam and his team, uh, th these have some names that maybe they're only recognizable to me because I live in Ottawa. Uh, but he plays with Matt Hall at third, uh, who some folks might be familiar with from his junior career. Then Cameron Goodkey is the second on that team. The Canadian University champion from a couple of years ago is there. The big names, though, in the field for the men, you have Brad Jacobs and his team. They're coming down from Northern Ontario. And then Glenn Howard is going to play in this as well. Those are the two big names for this event on the men's side. And based on the field, I would suggest that it, it might be an upset if that's not the final, but it's early in the season. Who knows? No one's played in a really long time. Anything could happen. But I think all eyes would be fixed on Howard and Jacobs for this one. Yeah, I mean, those are two, the two big names. But like you say, Sean, I, I can't imagine anybody's you know at peak performing level right now. Uh, on pure skill alone, it would be the Jacobs team. But I'm, I'm super interested to see how this uh, Jason Cam rink comes together. This is a new team this year. Uh, Matthew Hall played uh, junior with Tyler Tardy two years ago, I guess. Yeah, the last. Maybe last year. No, it was the last championship. Right. So uh, he played third for him, moved from Ontario to BC to do that, has come back now to Ontario. Uh, teaming up, Jason Cam, I believe, is Matt Cam's brother. Uh, and uh, Cameron Goodkey, like you say, uh, we see him every week because he, play, he plays in our league. But yeah. uh, uh, a really good player. I think he'll fit in really well as the second on this team. Uh, so I, I'm pretty excited to see how they do in their first event uh, sort of as a team. 
how yeah. they come together. For sure. And the lead on that team is Jordy Lyon Hatcher. And Lyon Hatcher is a name, again, if you're from Ottawa, you recognize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, curling family there. Uh, and the thing, yeah, you mentioned Cameron Goodkey. We play against him on Monday nights. I love playing against Cameron Goodkey because he's so fast. He just puts the broom down and goes. It's so much fun to uh, play games against Cameron Goodkey. Yeah, yeah. I think his team and our team are the fastest in the uh, in the league by far. Yes. And when we play each other on a night, uh, a late draw, uh, you got to feel good about that. Hour, hour 45, eight ends, no problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so good luck to everybody participating in the Stew Cells this weekend. Scott, you mentioned there was an event in Prague last weekend. There's a junior event this week uh, in the Czech Republic, but uh, what was that event over in Prague last week? Um, I, I, I'm going to sound ignorant because I don't know. Okay. Uh, I think it was the national championship, and there was a, like two out of three sort of a, a style event let me just look here all their tweets were in Czech, <laughs> which uh, i don't sp- i don't speak so uh rocks across the pond tweeted some links out so okay. it was the national championship and i'm just gonna assume uh, that uh is it anna kubiskova Kubis- kubiskova wins so i think kubiskova won the women's and uh lucas klima uh, was leading eight to five without hammer in the ninth uh, against uh, David Seek. But, okay. uh, you know, at Kubiskova, yes, they're the uh, sort of class of Czech curling, I would say both on the men's and women's side. Yeah. Uh, so not a lot of, you know, breaking news out of the Czech Republic. No. And uh, certainly this year with no Euros, you know, that, that kind of makes those national championships, I don't know, it maybe makes them more meaningful, I'm not sure. Uh, and certainly maybe. on the Czech side, that's going to be a world championship team. So, uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it was important to the Kubiskova to make sure they get that spot uh, and reclaim that title. So, uh, so, so a bit of news out of the Czech Republic there. So uh, let's move on, Scott, to sort of the main event of what we wanted to talk about today. That is associated with the return of elite level events. Today, as we record this, Kevin Cooey and his team announced on Twitter that they are going to live stream all of their games. They're also going to do some behind the scenes type things on social media. They have a a bit of a trailer set up for what you're going to see, like a movie trailer, not like a physical trailer. Uh, Because in the video, in the trailer, they're actually in an RV, not a trailer. So I want to make sure that they're very clear about the distinction between those two things. But uh, it seems like they're going to try to put something together uh, that's a little different from what we've normally seen. And this is something that we talked over the summer about this, Scott, where teams are going to have to somehow increase their profiles without TV games, without the Grand Slam and getting all of their sponsors, all of their logos on TV every other weekend, they're going to have to do other things. And this is what Team Cooey has decided to do is to stream all their games and to give some behind the scenes coverage. And this is a team that has experience doing this. You'll remember a couple of years ago after the Olympics, they got the Canadian beef sponsorship where they would do mm-hmm. some videos of recipes and them hanging out and eating beef. And 
it was basically <laughs> the the team home in Pinty's commercial, but for beef, essentially. So they have some familiarity with this, but what was your reaction when you saw this? And is this something that you think other teams are going to do? Well, my, my first thought was, uh, oh boy, unfiltered Benny Hebes. No, uh, no, there's a 0% chance that Ben Hebert gets um, unfiltered access to the team Kevin Cooey's Twitter account. <laughs> I think there's a 0% chance of that. Oh, I don't know about that. I Anyway, I whoever so whoever's I've, doing I've, it is going to have to be able to cut his mic if they're wearing mics for these streams, man. Just cut it whenever. But you know, the internet, Sean. There's no rules about cursing on the internet. Yeah, but I mean, we, do you think Wild Rose really wants Ben Hebert like going off on uh, after a miss or something? Come on. So uh, good. Okay, good point. Good point. Uh, one thing I noticed: a new feature sponsor. I'll say. Uh, across the front of their jerseys, Brandt. Right. I don't know what that is, but, you know, like, cool stuff. Uh, other things I noticed about this, I, I was sort of watching it as you were talking there. Uh, did you know that John Morris golfed left-handed? I was unaware of that. Oh, there you go. Something you can learn from uh, the, this live uh, streaming stuff. But uh, honestly, what this is, is the next necessary step for curling teams to take to raise their profile, like you say, but to also inject their personality into the sport. Uh, you see it a little bit on Mike. Uh, and, you know, when we have a, a Greg Smith sort of breakout at the Briar, right? Everybody loves him because he's so uh, irreverent and says sort of what he's thinking and thinks kind of like a regular curling fan. Uh, but having the fans get to know this team more than what they do on the ice, which is honestly pretty boring, uh, is, is going to. Uh, I don't. I don't think Kevin Cooey's team had a great reception upon winning the trial spot and their subsequent performance at said trial or at uh, the Olympics. And I think this is going to try and shape their brand going into the trials. Uh, in 2021. Uh, what do you think of that uh, thought? Yeah, I, I do think that this is a team that needs some sort of a rebranding, if you will, uh, after that Olympic spot and and not having it go particularly well. And this is really no fault of any of the guys, I, I don't think. You know, Kevin Cooey is just a quiet guy and who doesn't really seem to like the limelight that much. And, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But in this environment, you need to have some sort of a profile to have people attach themselves to you. And certainly Ben Hebert is very good at that. John Morris is very good at that, but they're the front end of the team. And, you know, mostly in this sport, we attach ourselves to the back end players. So having this sort of format where there can be more interactions, where you can see more interactions between those really two dynamic guys on the front end and the back end players that's not just in a game situation. I think that'll really help them in terms of their public image. Uh, streaming the games, making it accessible. This is something that I think will really help them and their their sponsors. Will th This is something mm -hmm. that I think is essential for them and will set the tone for what teams are going to try to do this year. My concern with it, though, 
is that this will potentially or could further highlight the difference between the top two or three teams in terms of the finances that are required and the middle-class teams who are out there on tour. You know, Kevin Cooey has, I shouldn't say just him, the team uh, of which he is the skip, they have more resources than other teams. And in this season, having those resources could lead to access to even greater resources. So the fact that they have this wealth of knowledge of how to do video and do these sort of promotional things, while at the same time having the financial resources to do them, will potentially provide greater opportunity for them as the season goes. So this idea that money begets money a little bit, and the fact that they can do this and have the resources right now to set it up, whereas other teams don't, that could further that divide that we've already seen happen out on Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying there, uh, but at, at the same time, there's two teams that are going to be playing in these games, right? Yeah. So, you know, the, their opponents, in theory, would also benefit from increased sponsor exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's really nice for me to hear that a team is taking the onus to do this because we've talked about, you know, the curling needs to be streamed more. And when they do it for say provincials, we like it, we watch it. Uh, in a season where there's no grand slams, there's no curling on TV weekend after weekend, we're going to be us being like diehard curling fans are going to be looking for that content online and nobody stepped up in the world of curling to say, we'll provide that content. So Team Kui is taking it into their own hands to, to provide that. And they're doing it, like you say, because they're able to provide. Uh, I don't expect, you know, uh, uh, Mike Fournier's team to be able to hire a videographer to live stream their games. Like, it, that doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah. But, but having a team be the one that takes the first step could change the market online, you know what I mean? And could incentivize some company that, I don't know, the Wascana group to yeah. invest some resources and create these live streams for curling. What do you yeah. think about that? No, no, you're right. I, I This could set the tone. I think this does fit into a broader discussion that's been going on across the sport about a player's association and having a team be responsible for the content that is going to be put out, particularly the game content, I think that fits into a larger narrative that a lot of team, or not even a narrative, a larger movement that a lot of teams are trying to, to create and support. And having that be, or having the ability to stream control the content, that is key to this, I think. So if we're looking at the broader trends, having the teams be in control of so much of the streaming this season will help them as they continue to push for things like cresting rights at national championships. You know, if they can go to Curling Canada and say, hey, look, here are the numbers. Here are the raw numbers of people who want to watch us, us, Team, mm -hmm. team Kevin Cooey. People are tuning in specifically to our channels to watch us. So if we don't come to your event, this is what you could lose. You know, that 
there is there there's the groundwork that has been in place and there is momentum of players being frustrated with curling Canada and now having this in place it, it could be used in those discussions in those negotiations not and I don't mean that in a nefarious way at all I, I think the the goal here the immediate goal is to stream the games to give the sponsors exposure and to provide something for the fans but in terms of how it can be used later i think this it could be part of a larger discussion when the time comes with curling canada yeah uh, i think uh, i think you're absolutely right there if they can show curling canada these are the numbers of people that follow our team yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure and and, and, uh, and curling canada isn't great right now with putting things on social media and having access to curling Canada content through social media. Part of that is the relationship with TSN and TSN does better at it. And sure they own the content, but this is really the next step right now that curling Canada is going to have to get into in order to further grow the sport in, in terms of the television audience. People care about the curling Canada events is getting into disseminating some of the content through other forms, whether that's through videos on Twitter, Instagram live Hell, I think curling shots on TikTok, I, you know, independent of the geopolitical issues associated with TikTok, but that is a format that I think could really be fun for curling. Uh, you know, mm, you match yeah. up the song to, to a curling shot. Like th that is going to be important. I think to get younger people, interested in the sport. So this is a good first step in that direction by Team Cooey. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't want to uh, disparage any work being done by a friend of the podcast, Danielle Inglis, no. who is Curling Canada's social media coordinator. I think she's doing a great job at the, the Twitter and sort of posting the interviews and stuff like that. You're right. The rights issues with TSN get a little foggy, but Curling Canada does have their event videos on YouTube, uh, yeah. streams of the games, uh, they're available. But like you say, to attract a non-traditional curling audience, which we've talked a lot about this summer, you're, we're gonna need to get a little more creative with uh, social media to sort of get the hooks into those kind of people. And I think seeing the personality of these guys through some sort of channel that I don't think they said how it's going to go out is it going to be on their website is it going to be through facebook instagram whatever they haven't announced that it should be coming tomorrow uh so we'll wait and see but i think it's a good way in for a lot of fans that that don't know anything at least they can maybe like these guys and then want to watch these guys it's yeah. something that matt hamilton has brought to the schuster rink too uh, you know, he's he's just sort of been gregarious and out, outgoing. Okay, that's the same word. Yeah, but gregarious. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to use a PhD word, man. You, you don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> no, gregarious was my first uh, go-to. <laughs> um, but he, he has sort of brought maybe casuals into the Schuster camp, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and that is something that a lot of teams are going to do. And I, I do think, Scott, that this year does present some good opportunities for teams to use social media in a different way. There's a frustration that I've had with team social media accounts, particularly the Twitter accounts, 
that all they do is say, hey, we won this game, getting ready for our next game at four, like let's get pumped or something. You know, and, and that's all they are is just basically a score aggregator. And there's enough of those already that I don't need the teams to do it. So I'm hoping now that there is potentially less access to some of these games that teams will look to do things in a different way, whether it is stream their games or whether it's just to engage people on social media in a different way. I'm hoping that the lack of access that fans will have this year to curling both on television and in person will lead to some more innovative strategies because on a Saturday afternoon, looking at curling Twitter can be somewhat insufferable in the fall when all it is is, you know, great draw in the eighth. We win. We're playing this team then, or, Oh, we came up a little short, got to refresh for the next game. Like, that's not all that interesting. So I'm, I'm hoping that, that teams are, are using this cue from Kevin Cooey that they're trying something new. They're going to push the envelope a little bit that not that they have to, you know, hire, as you say, hire a videographer, but they will try to be a little more creative, stand out from the crowd somehow in their social media. Yeah. I, I think all you got to do is look at, you know, what Team Botcher has done with their yeah. social media. Uh, Team Seneca in the States, uh, there's is really good. Uh, there's, there's examples around the sport of what your curling social media can be. Yes. And I, I sort of understand that during a game, it's hard for a team to tweet about it because they're playing the game, right? Uh, so whether that's having a spouse or a parent or a sibling or something running their social media account while the game's going on. I think that could be pretty fun. Uh, I really enjoyed the live tweeting at the Briar this year. Uh, I thought it got, I got better at it as the week went along and uh, it was just kind of a fun exercise. So having that kind of an access, it, I think it would be better than like you say, somebody, Oh, we came off the ice. Let's send out a tweet about how we did. Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe like a little video clip of, oh, look at this amazing shot that we made, or oh boy, this one really didn't go go well for us. You know, maybe using using gifts, using short video clips, all all these sorts of things are at play or in play right now for these teams. Hundred percent, absolutely. So uh... I, I want to clarify one thing before we move on, Sean. Uh, another thing I saw in that video, uh, John Morris is in the house. Yeah, I noticed that too. So I think not, that's not surprising to any of us. Um, but it looks like it'll be BJ and Ben sweeping. Yeah, it does. Uh, that, that does make the most sense in terms of the lineup, for sure. Like, no question about that. Even if John Morris is throwing second rocks, which he may, he may be. Yeah. But having having him in the house, yeah, definitely makes the most sense. And I believe he is throwing second. That, that is the lineup that was presented yeah. in the spring. Yes. Great. Okay. So uh, so one other quick note: Brandt is a construction equipment dealer company. Uh, just announced that Brandt has been named the exclusive dealer for Hitachi Forestry products for Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Prince Edward Island. So big news there for Brandt. There's your forest on Prince Edward Island. Well, there's trees. 
Oh my gosh. Sorry, Sean. Uh, I think Danny Jansen took some uh, <laughs> some steroids before the game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, and uh, so Brant, uh, based in Regina, dealing with all of your construction needs. So there you go. If you have construction needs and are in those places, you know where to go. Absolutely. So uh, I think that will do it for this week, unless you got any other pressing issues, Scott. I I I can't think of any pre- other pressing issues. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to follow this event this weekend, uh, you know, somewhat closely. Uh, looking forward to it. I, I don't know. I haven't heard if Curling Geek is going to be back streaming, but uh, he was on. Uh, he was he was on Twitch this year or this weekend. Yeah, uh, streaming a couple of the games, right? So yeah, that was if, the plan that he announced. Uh, he, he tweeted something like, uh, "We're back for this week." So, uh, so okay. look out for Curling Geek and Devin Hurro to do a little more live commentary of the Stew Cells this week. Yeah, that's great. So that's twitch.tv slash curling geek. I'm sure he'll tweet the link as well. But, uh, you know, if if you're trying to find it right now, that's the link. Yeah, so uh, definitely go check it out. And uh, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast. Give us the likes, the ratings, comments, all that stuff. Keeps the show going, helps other people find us. Also, you can join us every Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock where we're talking with Rocks Across the Pond over on Facebook, the Game of Stones podcast Facebook page. So you can find us there. This week we talked about curling movie pitches. And uh, I was very proud of my trilogy of curling Christmas movies that you could put on the Hallmark Channel and advertise them as Curl Into Christmas for a whole night. Uh, And all three of them are movies that uh, definitely the Hallmark Channel would, would make. I have no question. Rom-coms? Yeah, totally. Of course. Uh, yeah. Christmas rom-coms, rom-coms. And yes, all of them involve a gazebo. Duh. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, so you can check that out every Monday and all the past ones we've done are over there on Facebook as well. And you can follow along with all the fun and frivolity as we go through this curling season on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod, Instagram also at Game of Stones Pod. You can find Scott at Scott Likes TV and I am at the sean graham and if you want to get in touch let us know what you're thinking about this curling season or what you want to hear on the show as we get back into the swing of following some of the elite teams as they compete across the world you can get in touch game of stones podcast at gmail.com so that'll do it for this week we'll be back with you next week but until then keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern Make the final.